0: Now, what? The awkward silence is the best. It's the best. (laughs) Can we please make this the intro for this one?
1: the podcast welcome to the gary and jesse talk about stuff podcast we have to edit all of that first half hour of vikings and celtics and why we no longer have team loyalty and it's a monday and it I think Gary and Jesse both have a case of the Mondays. We
0: definitely have a case.
1: Of the and Monday. so this is going to be an interesting little podcast. I think we're gonna we're gonna let school out early a little bit. Mm-hmm. We're gonna say this is a little bit of a shorter podcast mm-hmm. because I think we both have a little bit <sighs> of like, oh man, when you. Here's something that we could dive into, and this might be a clientele, like half of you don't care about this and half of you get it. Yeah, I think when you preach, when you give of yourself, there's like this coming down off of the mountain thing, right? And I know that some preachers have written about this. Some people that are way smarter than us have done research on this, but I've just felt like there is a thirstiness almost like after you preach like Mm. holy cow i'm thirsty and i've tried to fill it with like i go home and i drink a bottle of pop or i eat a bag of chips i've tried i've heard this is a really good idea uh go exercise right afterwards Mm. i haven't really invested myself in that yet yeah but there's something about coming down off of the mountain. So Elijah had that when he uh, went toe to toe with all the prophets. Mm.
0: I mean, all I can say is I agree with you. You know, I mean, I agree. I agree. Good input, Good Jesse. Input. But no, the fact of the matter is, like you said, it's you this, have you have this sweet spiritual, at, at least for me, you have this 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 not only knowledge but this experience of the spirit working through you right right and the the spirit works through you but in the spirit working through you you also become exhausted because the the emotions that you experience are such an extreme outpouring you know both for passion of what's being said care what's being said and then consciously both allowing and the spirit to use you but at the same time invoking some of what you Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. have planned to say, but then getting that out of the way to let the spirit do what he wants to say. It's, it's, it's almost like a Jacob type thing, right? Like wrestling with God up there, but in a really awesome, holy way so that the gospel is preached. And when all that's said and done at the end of the day, you know, because at least for me, the work doesn't stop till two, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. because I'm constantly talking with people and getting out of meetings. But then at the end of the day, you're exhausted. And then all day Monday, once you sleep, just like exercise, the day after exercise is more tiring.
1: It's when the muscles kind of do their contracting and expanding and that kind of stuff, too. Yep.
0: And that's kind of what this is. Right.
1: And so I think it's interesting. Like, I kind of got into it yesterday a little bit with the sermon. Like, my hope is that that's what we enter people into. Mm Mm-hmm. Like this isn't just a one person meeting God kind of thing, but this is all of us. Yeah. And my representation of that scripture or my understanding of that scripture hopefully opens something up so that you go home as a congregant member and you look that passage up and you wrestle with it the same way I did. Yeah. And now I understand that, yeah, I have the ability because it's the current job or whatever to study that passage at length and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the next person won't have at least a little bit of time to dive into a commentary, to dive into a study Bible, to maybe see a little bit of the context of the passage.
0: That's the whole point, right, is to not only... uh preach the gospel and introduce scripture in a different way that they might not have thought. Right. But to get them interested in the truth of the gospel. Right. And if we do our jobs, right, not only are you getting truth from the pulpit, not only are you getting, um, not only are you getting wisdom from the Holy spirit and how he moves you and what he does through that message, but you're also, uh, hopefully getting some encouragement to look at the scripture deeper. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of our entire purpose.
1: Well, we had one guy, I think that told us, um, if this Sunday is your only time of opening the scripture and of wrestling with scripture, then we're doing it wrong. Right. Right. And my hope is that we're encouraging people to go home and look at the passage and go home and wrestle with it. And, Yeah, and that's the, it's a corporate thing, and that's so important for us to gather on a Sunday, and so important for us to be together, Mm -hmm. and it's so important that we go home and we have a personal faith, that we have a time where we open Scripture on our own, where we pray on our own. I actually got into that yesterday a little bit on uh the moment before he was betrayed right Mm -hmm. before the guards came or whatever Mm -hmm. and so it starts out with jesus went as usual up to the mount of olives yeah and so i kind of use that as a reminder if you will like there's a personal thing to this like sometimes on a regular basis we have to have a seclusion we have to go into the closet and pray yep and go and separate yourself from anyone and everyone and all distractions. Yep. And what's amazing to me is I've had several conversations like this over the last couple of weeks. How countercultural that is. Yeah. Like seriously, yeah. you want me to not look at my phone and not respond to a text or not watch a TV for 5 minutes. Mm-hmm. And my challenge is, yeah, I want you to go and sit in silence. Yeah.
0: And and I think it's also counter cultural too because, you know, in this current context, we almost we we do things together. I think in the in Western civilization, we're moving towards one from individualism to one of corporate thinking. I can see that you know, especially with the millennial generation, the idea of we're in this together. Right. And so to effectively say, well. You need to separate yourself not only from the distractions but separate yourself from people for a time mm-hmm. and just be alone. Mm-hmm. The concept of alone now is scary is to scary to people. Right. And right. so to tell people you need to be alone but you're not alone because you're in conversation with God. Right. That's that's almost tricky because I think we rely on each other for affirmation and support which is necessary. Right. But it's tough for us in this culture to rely on God for affirmation and support and, you know, conviction and
1: whatnot. Because when people go away, like we can rely on people all we want and rely on their affirmation, but they are just people. Right. And at some point people will go away. People will quote unquote fail you. People will let you down, whatever. Hopefully not. But it's but a reality it's... that they have sinful nature, that they're human nature too. Mm-hmm. but the reminder then is who are we really relying on, and who are we really exactly setting our foundation on
0: well and and you know, kind of like you said at the beginning of this, what did you say this might be too authentic,
1: mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm.
0: but I don't think so at all. I think the whole purpose of what we're doing here is for people to actually see what we're experiencing,
1: right? you right. know, and so
0: I think it's okay to put all this on, right. And I think it's okay that that we say. Look, where we're trending is, yeah, maybe me and Gary right now, we're in a time where the Lord is just calling us to be alone with him Mm -hmm. on on Mondays. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? If we don't get that, how can we expect the congregation
1: to get that? Right, because, again, to circle all the way back around, if we don't have, if the pastor, the one who's kind of doing the talking, doing the leading, doesn't have that personal, private, time Mm -hmm. then it's not going to come out my hope is that when i'm preaching on a sunday uh sandra will tell me the most effective ones are when it pours out like it's such an overflow Mm -hmm. of what god is pouring into me so if god is telling me this over and over again about my life Mm -hmm. then the overflow of that is what maybe someone else yeah. can apply into their life.
0: I would agree. The best, the best messages I think are always the ones where the, the pastor needs to hear the message himself, Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: you mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's a big
0: one. And that's when you know that you're being convicted because you're not trying to quote unquote, convict, convict others, right? You're allowing the spirit to convict you. Right. And out of that conviction comes what needs to be said from Amen. the Lord.
1: Yep. You know? Because I've often thought like, so how silly is it in some ways that I'm opening this scripture and I'm going to give you three thoughts on it? Yeah, like scripture can speak for itself. Scripture is so living, active, mm-hmm. so effective, effective and effective. Yep. That any commentary that I can give is really yeah like sort of in in a way silly. Yeah. Yep. Because. I'm just simply trying to explain it to myself. I'm trying to say, Gary, this is what God is doing in your life. Yeah. And so sharing that with someone, I think that's where it becomes effective. And
0: that's the brevity of it too, right? I don't think, and I, I know I, I used to struggle with this a lot, and to some extent still do, just the nature of what it is, Gary and I, what we as pastors do, the idea that it's sinful people, and especially in my case, a, a history of just the worst things. Right, being called by not a church, not by people, but being called by God Mm -hmm. through the church and the people and Him Himself, right, to speak on His holy word, right? That's that's a trip, and that's one for us as pastors, even sometimes as long as we've been doing this, and we could be in this ministry for 50, 60 years. But I think that's something that will always hit me is the idea of how can I, as a terrible human being, who constantly is in a state of redemption and sanctification, mm-hmm. be called to do this holy act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, tri- it's
1: a trip, man. Well, and I think that's the, the calling is such that we have to have this humility to it. Yeah. And there's a sense of authority to it as well. Like that's, so yesterday I said something about like tension. Yeah. Like uh, the whole point of the service was really... We're celebrating triumphal entry and Jesus is about to go and be beaten and crucified. And so all throughout that passage, we see this tension all throughout the service. We saw this tension Mm -hmm. and I kept wanting to zoom out because I think all throughout scripture, we see this tension Mm -hmm. all throughout humanity. We see this tension like it's summarized to me when paul says the things i do i don't want to do and Mm -hmm. the things i want to do i don't do like that to me summarizes what this life is Mm -hmm. like oh man i know i'm called by god and i want to be perfect as my father is perfect and i want to be uh, in close relationship with him And then I sit down on the couch and it's so easy to flip the TV rather than pick up the Bible. Like there's just this tension, this war that is waging inside me, Paul would say. Yep. Absolutely.
0: And I, and I like what you said about authority too, right? Mm -hmm. The whole idea of, you know, we, it's, it is a tremendously humble thing Mm -hmm. to realize that we're not called by, we're, we're not chosen to do this job by a church or by a people group or, by a corporation were chosen to do this by the good Lord almighty Amen. for his purpose. It's mm-hmm. a tremendously humbling thing. Mm-hmm. But in that humility, you're exactly right. Cause there needs to be a certain standard with which we live up to that office. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we're constantly struggling oh, yeah. with our own selfish desires.
1: Right. It is, it is a interesting thing being a pastor. Uh, it yeah. really is. Well, and being a Christian in general, yeah. right? Because that tension is just part of a, I'm supposed to be in this world not of this world mindset it's right. part of that i'm wanting to be what christ wants what christ wants me to be and i continue to have sin crouching at my door right roaring around like a lion looking for someone to devour like yep. there's this complete there's this weird tension that just exists in the here but not now kind of language, and that
0: was first Peter that you busted out right there, right mm-hmm. first Peter five six, I believe mm-hmm. was the idea of you know Satan, he's crouching like a lion ready to devour, right, but my favorite verse is actually verse seven right, right after that, which is, therefore cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for
1: you, and that's the only answer right? that's the so only answer Paul got into that after the uh, what a wretched man I am! Like I'm struggling, I'm struggling. Right. Thanks be to God that He delivers me through Jesus Christ. It sounds like a cop out. It sounds like a Sunday school answer. But right. what's the answer to that tension? Cast all your anxieties Jesus. on Him, Jesus. Yeah, there it is. The only answer.
0: It's. I I love. I, it's interesting that you brought that up, right? I love that those those the tension, the discre- the disparity mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. the two verses the devil is there sin exists he's trying to devour you right what's your answer not sit there and figure it out for yourself your right. answer is to give it to him right right you know cast all all your anxiety on him because he cares for you paul i'm a wretched man but i have to give this to jesus yep. i mean it's
1: and isn't it interesting, interesting like so it becomes what does that mean that's where i think the personal faith comes in because corporately i can stand there and say guys cast it all on Jesus. He's your answer. And then privately or personally, your answer would be to go home and fall on your knees. Okay, Jesus, I'm casting it all on you. What does that look like for me? Right. Because my way of casting it all on Jesus, my, whether it's this temptation, whether it's that struggle, that sin, whatever, whatever, mine doesn't look the same as yours does as Sally's does as Joe's does as all of these different people right like that's where we're called i think to go home and okay how do you live it out then exactly we can speak in generalities right
0: but it's up to the holy spirit and yourself obeying and and realizing what you need to actually go and live it out and figure out what what it takes for you to rely on the Lord. Right. What I think a lot of times happens is we develop our own coping mechanisms for our oh, own totally sin. Right. Yeah. And it, that's one of the great ironies of humanity and Christianity in general right. is we develop coping mechanisms for our own sin that is ours. Right. So we sin. Life is terrible because of sin. Because of sin, things happen and life is rough. Right. So instead of turning to Jesus, like scripture says, what do we do? We turn to alcohol, we turn to drugs, we turn to these temporary Mm -hmm. fixes to Mm -hmm. make it feel better. When in reality, it's not a solution. And in doing so, we engage in more sin. Right. You know,
1: so. And isn't it, um, so you said we turn to alcohol, we turn to drugs. Like Those are the obvious ones. But you could even say you turn to television, you turn to family, you turn to work sports, to sports like, like yeah any of those things can be small g gods yep. if i throw myself into something that culture says oh that's a good thing yep. if i go and work 90 hours a week right i would argue well just because culture says it's okay yep. does that really mean you're a hard worker or does that mean you're avoiding silent time with god
0: and that's a fantastic point because i think there's a lot of people in churches but a lot of people, really, a lot of people in nonprofits, especially because I come out of the nonprofit world. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly their M.O. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Whereas if
0: I, if I do this enough, right, then it shows I'm faith. I'm faithful.
1: Oh, yeah. If, right. if I
0: do this, it fixes it without actually fixing anything. It right. Doesn't grow your faith, your work, your your desire to do ministry. Ministry itself becomes a small G God.
1: Well, and then you fall into very quickly works based and all that kind of exactly. stuff well i'm such a i'm trying so hard well what are you trying so hard for like yep. is it because you're so incredibly thankful or is it because you're guilty about something right i think i remember hearing um yeah doesn't uh generosity have a close tie to guilt or mm-hmm. something like that and yeah. like that's the idea of well if i can work harder. Yeah. Then I can, can dig myself it. out of this hole or earn it or whatever, yep. and I'm preaching to the myself there too because I have, I struggle with that as well. Yeah.
0: Well, as do I. As yeah. we both know, i think I'm,
1: that's tension, right? Yeah.
0: I'm I'm effectively a quote unquote workaholic. Right. Right. You know, I mean, and it's it's problematic, and there's right. many times I have to remind myself, look, you need time too, not because you. Necessarily, you need to be healthy, but that's true. Mm-hmm. But because I need to have time with the Lord so I can actually proclaim right, the Lord. Right. You know?
1: Yeah. In other words, we're operating on an empty S thing.
0: Yeah. And that's not good. So, right. I mean, all this to be said. What's interesting is this all fell in the season of Lent, which is a time of reflection. Right. Yes, right, right. It's a time of, especially this Holy Week, mm-hmm. time of reflection, time of repentance, time of self examination. Yep. So, I guess if we do put this out, the Big encouragement I would say is take time with Lord. Take time with your Lord. That's it.
1: So there we go. Well, with all that being said, that was a pretty good podcast. I think that worked out well. Okay. So. <laughs> well, this has been
0: Gary and Jesse talk about stuff.
1: And next week, we got ex- This is gonna get pretty exciting. Yes, it is. We have a guest next
0: week. Should we give him a hint as to who it is?
1: Um Okay, but make it like a really subtle one. He has a face. <laughs> Our guest has a ah, face. I, I failed. That's
0: actually two hints because I said he and yeah. he has a face. Oh, ah. Ah. so you know that this so guest
1: is a male. Yep. You know that this guest has a face. Yep. And you know that this guest can talk really fast musically.
0: Ooh, that's true. He can. And he's and, good at it. And he's good at it. And can't say that. No, don't go too, too far, don't go oh, too far. Don't oh, go oh. too far. That's a bummer. Oh.
1: Um, does he so, listen to our podcast? Does I do know. I hope, I, he hope hasn't he does. told
0: us that he does. I, if I had to guess, I would say no. I would say no. I don't well. know for sure. I hope that he does. When he comes here, we'll ask him 10 questions, and we'll see if any of you can figure it out before we actually. And we continue. have to ask
1: him. Maybe the first one should be, do you listen to the podcast? that is a good point. We and if he doesn't, spot. then I say we like get really angry with him. And <laughs> like the rest of the interview is then like, <sighs> yeah, fine. fine. Like, whatever. whatever. Do you have a face? Yeah. Yes, I have a face. So what do you do for living? Like, well, I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, <don't care. laughs> I don't
0: care. I don't care. I don't care. care. don't care. are gonna read this book on this while, desk while, you talk.
1: while I read it. While you're talking. Right? I'm read this. Because you don't care about us, man. We don't care about you. It's fine. <laughs> fine but i do want to bring up i want to uh, uh sort of audition before him because mm. i do a really good vanilla ice do you really and i actually i won an award for it one time nice because uh nice. i think it was like the local espn or whatever yeah, yeah. they wanted you to record ice ice baby Standing in the snow, and so I did it, and I put my swimsuit on and a pair of sunglasses, and this was like mid December, oh. and I did. All right, stop, collaborate in the snow, and they sent me an award, like a prize, and I couldn't, it, I couldn't even go to the prize. That's, it was, uh,
0: I. If you 90s. have a, if you have a video of that somewhere, oh, totally, yeah. I got that. That's awesome. I'll send it to you. That's I'm, awesome.
1: I'm, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm
0: proud of it. You know what the disparity in our talents are your talent is doing a spot-on impersonation of Ice Ice Baby in the Ice Ice Baby. (laughs) Whereas mine is doing a spot-on impersonation of the Chippendales dance by Chris Farley. (laughs) It's like, oh, this is not (laughs) fair, man. (laughs) Oh that's great. I hope you have a video of that. that we one, want to see that one. That one I don't. If you want to see what it looks like, look up SNL from 1991. You'll find it.
1: I don't feel like we can encourage people to do yeah, that. Probably yeah, probably not. not. Yeah, yeah, never
0: mind. Don't do that. But he is really funny. Uh, he's
1: really
0: funny. Oh, that's great. Wow, this uh
1: well, okay. Yeah, this one off the real. We rail. better cut Sorry. this we off before this it off. gets any
0: further. Yep. Yeah.
1: Uh we will talk next time to a guest with a face. Yep. And we hope that you have a fantastic holy week.
0: Yeah. Have a fantastic holy week. Spend time with your Lord. Amen. So, amen.
1: Bye. Bye guys.